honestly, the best revenge is really success. I like that. Yeah, like instead of like, well, what- <laughs> I, that's probably not the good spiritual answer, but I kind of <laughs> like that because you're you're saying like, no, I you know like I know what I'm worth. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Stupid Wise Girl. This is episode 50. I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you, whether you are new, whether you are here from the beginning. This is a huge milestone episode, and I'm super, super excited that it's with the amazing Jessica Harlow, who actually paved the way for me. Thank you guys so much for being part of my journey. Episode 50. Hope you enjoy this. Who gave me permission to do this? <laughs> oh my god. Sometimes we're gonna laugh and sometimes we're gonna cry. That's just the way it goes. Welcome to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast for everyone and anyone who is seeking their purpose, who wants to change but might feel stuck. Our title is a perfect example of why you should not judge a book by its cover. Jackie aims to help everyone, not just females. Learn to dig deep into yourself in every episode and get real with what you need as we figure out exactly what that is. Whether it's a relationship or a career, we as individuals make stupid mistakes, although our wiser higher self always knew better. We must get to a place where we can accept our stupid and move forward into our wise. Here is your host, Jackie Minsky. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Stupid Wise Girl. If you are new, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are with me for a while, thank you so much for coming back. I have a super, super special guest with me today on episode 50. And if you know me personally, you know she has paved the way for me. So I'm screaming a huge, big welcome to the one the only, my personal favorite, Jessica Harlow. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm having a fan moment. (laughs) I listen to your podcast, honestly, at like my darkest times. And I, I actually have to be honest, I had like this vision, I guess I manifested this interview where one day I would get a chance to speak to you and interview you. And I remember when I did start my podcast, you were so nice, so humble, and you were so welcoming. So I do want to thank you for paving the way for us who, you know, started after you. Well, that means a lot to me, but I also, you know, I know how it is when you're first starting out doing something and it's like, if I can ever help somebody and make something a little bit easier for them, I'm always down for it. And it's funny because you even manifested like meeting me. (laughs) <laughs> yes that's on that's that's on the agenda <laughs> yeah you, you you manifested meeting me because it was so funny that we were talking I think the day before or something and then like all of a sudden I bump into you randomly at a place that I hadn't been to it was my first time there so. you know that was actually the week that I launched my podcast it was like my first episode which made it so much creepier for me yes yes that that's true yes it was like super alignment. Oh, with- so it was so creepy, but like in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so for anyone listening, if if you know if you're if you're not familiar, Jessica has her own YouTube channel for about nine years, and Jessica, you have your own podcast, the Jessica Harlow podcast, for about three years now. And I just want to ask you, you know, starting YouTube back in the day, about nine years ago, what made you want to start? A YouTube channel and did you have any challenges when it came to confidence and how did you overcome them? Well, um, I initially wanted to start because I remember it was still really early. There were a number of other girls, like a handful of people literally doing um, beauty tutorials at the time and I was always interested in makeup and I would always have people like in my real life, my regular, like being in high school and stuff, who would ask me for advice on like what to buy, what to use, this and that. And I figured, well, if like five people I know in real life care about what I have to say about makeup, why wouldn't, you know, five people that I don't know, you know, care about it? So it was really just something that I wanted to do for fun. I mean, I did see potential in it. I didn't think it was going to become exactly everything that it became, but I knew that there was something there it was kind of like, you know, it was it, it was definitely replacing TV for everybody at the time. And I know like now that sounds so obvious, but back then that wasn't, that wasn't like what everybody was thinking of. People thought it was just like for cat videos and like, you know, 
so it was a totally different thing. But um, as far as confidence went, I'm kind of like, I wanted to start probably a year before I actually did. And I remember just dragging my feet constantly. And I was like, if I just keep dragging my feet and dragging my feet, eventually I'm not going to end up doing this. So it was kind of like, let's just see what happens. I didn't really tell anybody. I think that I actually knew about it. Like people were finding out about it kind of like on their own, but I did that kind of on purpose. So that way I wouldn't like feel like I was being watched by people who I knew. I don't know. It just, it, I, I don't mind doing things in front of strangers, but when it's people I know, I get kind of nervous. I don't, it's like the weirdest thing. Yeah. You, um, you and I actually had that conversation when I first started because yeah. I, I was super nervous. And that's one thing you and I agreed on that for some reason we feel much more nervous when people we know hear or see our work versus strangers. They're more about what, what they say. Like if a stranger, it's like, well, I don't even, I didn't even know you existed even before this point. So it's like, why would I care what a stranger is going to say? You know what I'm saying? But when it's people, you know, it's like, it has a different kind of weight to it, you know, cause it's, it's closer to home. As far as challenges go, I mean, it's like the usual stuff. Cause it was something like that was so new and it was, it wasn't like I was used to, let's say people just you know, complete strangers judging you all the time. I mean, I remember there were a number of times where like, especially when I started when I was like 19. So it was like, oh, you know, people are saying like all these things. And when you're just like coming into your confidence, you don't really even know who the hell you are yet. Like at 19, a lot of times I wanted to kind of quit. And then every time I would think to myself, yeah, like I'm done at this point, like something would happen where I would just be pulled back in. And that's been constant. Do you think, cause, because you started, you know, before social media or like Instagram or, you know, do you think that because of social media now, because on social media, all we do is compare ourselves. Do you think because of social media today, it could be harder for someone to start their own channel? Um, yes and no. I think it depends. Like, I think like everything else, it's really about perspective because I could think of so many reasons why it's much easier these days. And also why it could be much harder. Like, I feel like it's much easier in the sense of everybody's kind of doing it. Everybody's in a sense, an influencer. People are used to actually sharing their lives. And there's also an understanding at this point where, you know, we know that people are able to turn this into a business. So it's not like it was back when I started when it was like pretty much nobody was making any kind of money, really. It was like a rare thing where now it's like so common. But then again, it can be more difficult these days just because you're thinking about oh you know you constantly hear this it's oversaturated there's so many people doing this and there's so many people doing that but I always say to people you know there's a lot of different people doing the same things but sometimes it's the way that one person says things that just clicks for people and you know there's somebody for everybody there's an audience for everyone I truly believe that I do too. I always say there's like, a, you know, if we have medicine for everything, like you have a headache, take an Advil, you have like a foot ache, you know, like, I don't know, like and right. medicine for everything. So it's, it's the same thing with, you know, everyone who's an influencer or trying to make a difference. We're all, we all have our own message to. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we only have like five actors or five singers. Like there's so many people doing a number of things, but everybody kind of has their audience and different people like a combination of different things. And it's kind of limitless and infinite and infinite when you think of it that way, yeah. you know, cause not everybody's going to just follow one person. Everybody's going to follow at least like a handful of people. Yeah, definitely the power of perspective. Now, when you were starting out, did you have anyone in your life personally who tried to stunt your potential? There were a lot of people who like a handful of people who would kind of just like make fun of me and just sort of just speak nasty like behind my back. But then eventually, like after I pretty much proven myself, like all of a sudden a lot of those people would come out and be like, oh, you know, I always believed in you. And like, can I pick your brain and this and that? And I'm petty as hell. So I was just like, no. <laughs> I, I know. It's so sad. And, and I, I say this, that like the people who you know, criticize you or want you to not believe in yourself are the ones who will probably never try anything. It's so. kind of true. Cause I remember at one point, sorry, I'm drinking water. So I don't know if you heard that, but, um, but I remember there was a point where I was actually dating someone. And I remember he was like, he would like purposely say things where he would be like, Oh, you, I, yeah, I saw your video the other day. I was like, Oh yeah. What'd you think of it? He's like, I think you sounded like an idiot. And then he just like would walk off. And I was like, what the fuck is he? Uh, sorry, do I, can I curse on this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And I and and I remember like kind of being taken aback by that. And now I kind of look back and I'm like, what an idiot. And what an idiot I was to even like 
even have a pause over that, you know? Yeah. But I was young. Again, like I started really, 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 really young. So how do you handle like negative people in your life? Like now, let's say. I typically cut them off. I don't even pay that much attention anymore to like negative people. It's such a waste of time. It's such a waste of time. And like when you think about it, there were so many people who maybe you have gotten under your skin at points in the past. And then you like get past that point and you're just kind of like, that was really a waste of my time. It's like it always changes. The group of people, the faces, they always kind of change. So you have to sort of treat it all the same and, and know that whatever people you're looking at right now or people who are bothering you right now, they're going to change. Eventually they'll become irrelevant. They'll be replaced with other people who will probably annoy you. So, you know, like, that. that's so honest. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody annoying you. Yeah. So just, you know, it'll change. You'll get a new set of lunatics and idiots. It'll be fine. The world is full of them, unfortunately. Yeah. But you also have to understand, like, you kind of even have to have a little bit of compassion because I feel like, I don't think that most people are actually terrible. I think you know, from wherever their standpoint and their perspective is, things could look very convincing to them. They might be, you know, uh, actually have a good reason. Maybe if you were in their shoes, maybe they, you would, they would have a good reason in your eyes then for why they think the way they do, or they're just projecting and they're just mad that you're doing something and they're not or yeah. something, you know, there's a lot of psychology to it. I don't give it much thought because I'm not here to like save everybody. I got things to do. Yeah. You know, let it go, you know. Yeah. So basically don't give the negative people any attention. Now on your recent podcast, cause you know, I listen <laughs> on <laughs> episode you. 92, um, you discuss that we do all have a dark side and I, I love mm-hmm. this topic. Is it okay if you share with us maybe a dark side that you have and how you manage or have you overcome it? Oh, I, I love revenge. I am the pettiest person on the planet. And I have to like, it, it, could, it could be such a waste of time, you know, if I let that kind of get out of control. Like I am just one of those people who like, if something bothers me or if somebody annoys me or if somebody tells me no, or like, I, I just, I, 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 it bothers me. And so like, for me, I'm very petty and I like revenge, but I like it in the way that like, not you know, I'm not about like revenge going and like screwing over people and like, you know, tires. (laughs) No, no, I don't think that's necessary unless they've slashed your tires. Then I've got some ideas. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Then I've got some ideas. Cause like, listen, I don't believe in fighting fire with fire, but like, I remember Dr. Phil saying something along these lines. I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but I remember years ago and I was like, if he could stand behind this, then it must be good. Um, Well, he had said something about how if people mess with you, you know, it's not actually healthy to just turn the other cheek. Like sometimes it's best to, you know, show them that you're not somebody to be messed with because it it sends a message of like, this is not going to fly here. And like, don't try anything like this again. And also anybody who's watching this, like, don't try something either because I'm not going to just take things lying down. Showing Um, peace in other words. Yeah. But so instead I find like, I use that, that, you know, that pettiness and that like, kind of like pissed off, angry side of myself, but I'll use it in a more productive way. I'll just take that instead of being like obsessed with, you know, whatever the situation is, I'm going to be obsessed with, you know, focusing on what do I need to do? Like, how can I improve? What can I learn from this? And how can I come back better and stronger? You know what I mean? That's what I'll put my energy into. So that's what I really talk about. Because honestly, the best revenge is really success and, you know, happiness, but still mixed kind of with some apathy. Because you don't want to look like somebody who's like just trying to prove someone wrong. Because then you look consumed with those other people and what they think of you. And that is kind of flattering, actually. So those. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy. I mean, use that energy because I think that's a very real energy. And I don't think, I think a lot of the times people get very depressed and feel very powerless because they try so hard to suppress it because they feel that it's wrong, but it doesn't have to be wrong. It depends on how you use it. You know, you can use it to either, you know, better yourself or you can use it to pretty much destroy yourself. Like they say, if you're going to try to get revenge on somebody, it's like dig two graves because you're not, you're, you're going to sacrifice yourself in the process. You could have been using that time and energy much more wisely. Yeah, that, that's very true. And, um, you know, I'll share my dark side with, you know, with you. Yeah, please. I love hearing about people's dark sides. <laughs> so mine is like, I had 
and I still have, you know, I think we're always a work in progress. So we're, we're always going to battle our dark sides, even, mm -hmm. you know, when we try to master it. So mine is definitely like, I have like entitlement issues. And if something doesn't go my way, I become like super irrational, almost like a toddler. Like if someone says no to me, it's in relationships, like it's almost like, what can this person do for me as opposed to, well, what can I? That's good. I like that. Yeah. Like, instead of like well, what <laughs> I, that's probably not the good spiritual answer, but I kind of <laughs> like that. Cause you're, you're saying like, no, I know that I'm worth, you know, like I know what I'm worth. I know what my bare minimum requirements are and they're, they are hell to know like all the way down there. You know what I mean? I love that you said that to me because my whole life people told me I have like princess syndrome. So you just like, you know, I, I love that you said that because, you know, I, I do think it's good, but it's still a dark side because in relationships that has been my downfall, you know, and I had to learn to be able to not only take, 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 but how can I give, 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 which you do talk about a lot. And I learned that from you as well. It's how can you give instead of just take? So, well, first of all, what I have to say is, and this is politically incorrect. And if your followers get mad at me, that's fine. It's, it's my opinion. It doesn't have to be yours. You don't have to agree with me. But like, in my opinion, I think a girl is always supposed to get more than the, and I'm like, I'm talking like female male relationships. I don't know what goes on everywhere else. I can't comment. Cause I don't know, but like, I'm just saying like in general, male, female relationships, the woman is always supposed to be the one that's getting more because in a sense, even if a woman's not giving, she's still giving more than the guy is because what like the cost to a man, what the relationship will cost to a man is totally different. And you could actually put like a value to it on paper. When you put what a woman brings to a table, everything is pretty much freaking priceless. Okay. That's my opinion. So like you having a little bit of that princess attitude, I think that's good. I actually really like that. I wish I had more of that because I'm more of like, I, I, I'm pretty fair and I don't want to be. So, Oh, maybe you called the wrong person, but like, I'm telling you, I think that's good. I don't think it's bad, obviously, because I think women naturally, we are givers, even if we're not givers. Yeah. You know, like you have to be a real true monster in order to really like as a woman be like a complete taker. And I think we can only do that if we don't even really feel that into the person or something, which in which case we probably wouldn't be involved with them. I don't know. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, there's also that saying, and I do agree with you, which is why, I mean, I, of course I would agree with you. I'm the one with the, <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm right. That, I'm, I like, said yes. it. I'm entitled. I'm a princess. I'm right. I knew it. <laughs> there's, like, there's like, so, so I like always like watch like preachers and, you know, and, and they believe in this also. And, you know, cause courting a woman is super important, like old school values, love. hundred percent. They always say like, and, and I'm going to read this. I'm reading this off of my phone. It says, whatever you give a woman, she will make greater. If you give her sperm, she'll give you a baby. If you give her a house, she'll give you a home. If you give her groceries, she'll make you a meal. If you give her a smile, she'll give you her heart. She multiplies and enlarges what she's given. So if you give her any crap, be ready to receive a ton of shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody who like disses men or is like anti-men. I love men. And I think, I think both, you know, masculine energy and feminine energy have tremendous value but i just say that you know with women yeah we are kind of we're the multipliers and the magnifiers we're the stuff like you you give us something and we can we can just make it into something completely different we could take you know crap and turn it into gold pretty much that's what women do so we're like there's masculine energy and there's feminine energy and i love that you said that because i love this topic and everybody has both everybody yes. has both but i really feel like for a woman to be in her feminine energy and to like really be able to be in that she has to be with a man who is very much in his masculine because that's going to make her feel safer and unfortunately in a lot of cases these days a lot of men aren't really in their masculine very much. And that's why a lot of women are more in their masculine, which kind of makes things a little bit resentful. So I do understand sometimes like when guys say like, yeah, but women are doing this and they want things this way. And they feel kind of like, they feel almost in a way, I think they feel like they don't have anything to bring to the table. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a problem on both ends, I think. Because I, I stay in my feminine princess 
like receiving. Good, good. That's good. I feel like, like, like I'll give you an example. When I start talking to someone, I will never initiate conversation. I'll go blue in the face. Like I will never. And my girlfriends always yelled at me. They're like, well, why don't you text him to show him interest? I'm like, no. I'm like the first three to four months, you don't initiate conversation. There's a ratio. I have this ratio. Mm -hmm. He texts you four times on the fifth day. You can say hello. Like I have Mm -hmm. this ratio. So my question is, you know, is, is it, is there a lack of masculine energy? Because we as women have become a society where, because we are so strong that now we're taking on the masculine roles instead of leaning back. From my own experience, I've noticed that the better relationships that I've had, I didn't need to think about the ratio. And whenever I need to take it into consideration, that typically right there tells me that something's up. Whereas, you know, in the better, you know, relationships that I've had, I typically didn't really need to think about it that much. Things were very much more reciprocal where it wasn't even like I never felt uncomfortable. And I don't think the other person necessarily felt like one person was doing everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that that's my princess syndrome. Of course, women. I've gotten better. Like, let yourself. I think. I think allow yourself to be chased. But I also think like if if there's something you have to look at, you know what what's going on in your your own like experience and your own, you know, on a person to person basis. But like, yeah, women should not be reaching out too much. I think too much. Yeah. 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 Like I think allow men to to chase you, but. At the same time, like I've seen girls who've been very forward and they get great results too. And it's just like that boggles my mind at times. But then again, I think a lot of those men tend to be like the more like beta males. They're not really the more aggressive ones. And I personally like a guy who's aggressive. Yeah. Like, I don't mean like aggressive as like a monster. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like somebody who, who like. It is masculine. Yeah. It's more masculine. Yeah. Yeah. Like is more in his masculine and more of a of a go-getter. I mean, look, when, when people know that they can get away with certain things or get certain results by like doing the least, they're probably going to do the least, you see, know? That right, see that right there. That's why it's, I, it's, it, that's yeah. human nature. That's human yeah. nature. So I start training my puppies <laughs> I train yeah. really early. Yeah. And you know, and, and that's the thing. And look, some, some people just don't want to be trained. Some people really just don't want to be trained, but um, at the same time, you have to kind of be that way and like let people know what it is that you want. Sometimes even just being honest about like what you want could be really refreshing to people because sometimes guys don't know what the hell a girl wants. Some of them are just like, well, there was this one girl that like I, I did this and that for her and I was so consistent and I got nothing. And then there was this other girl that I treated like crap and she was into me. So it gets confusing. You know, there's a way of saying things, but like letting them know like this is kind of what I'm, what I'm used to. Okay. And like, if there's something that you don't like, just listen, just act like you were so fucking confused. Like you've never experienced that because everybody treated you like a gem. I've got to say, like, never tell anybody if like, you've been treated like not that great. Never let anybody know. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because I think in one sense, then they think like, oh, I could get away with this. You know, so I say, you know, if you have it, have had experiences in the past, like don't, nobody needs to know every detail. Okay. In general, as far as anybody's concerned, you've always been treated like a princess because that's just who you are. And well, that's it. Well, since we're on the, the topic of relationships and I'm going to ask you, cause you already, you mentioned red flags, mm-hmm. but can you name your top three red flags to look out for and avoid in dating? Um, inconsistency, I think is a big, 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 big red flag. If somebody is not being consistent, there's a reason for it. And whether the reason is their attention is somewhere else or you aren't a priority, like I, either way, like it's, it's, it's a negative sign. If I see that somebody's inconsistent, that already tells me like, nope, we've got a problem here. Um, that was commu- inconsistent with communication or plans or both. Anything, 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 any kind of inconsistency with, in regards to your interactions, how often you see each other, how often they reach out, what they're like, if there is too many moments adding up where it's like, hmm, where'd they go? Uh-uh. Big red flag. Big red flag. If people are only reaching out to you when they want something, that, that tells you something. Um, and that also shows inconsistency. Another red flag. I always say pay attention to how people talk about their exes. I love this one. <laughs> I think it's very important because 
there's people who have been through really terrible things and you can understand how someone could be upset about something. You want to see if there's a real pettiness and like kind of like, and this is coming from the petty queen, but um, <laughs> you want to make sure that they're, see what the nature of it is. Like if they're talking about somebody and it's like they still have like so much like anger that's been unresolved, that's a red flag. That's a big red flag. And first of all, if you're in that kind of a state, I don't think you should be dating at all. Um, you should yeah. probably be like just healing. You know, healing that because not everybody is is that way. You know what I mean? So you can't be taking things out on other people. So I think that's a big red flag, how they how they talk about their ex. And are you like their space holder, which is a term I Yeah. Are you their are you their space holder? Like a rebound. Like a rebound. Like are you yeah. a rebound space holder? Which a lot a lot of people in today's society do like if people break up and, and they're like in the well net. people do that well people do that because for the most part uh, like being faithful doesn't really happen as much anymore and people kind of still like even if they're seeing someone or dating someone like i think we have all witnessed where like there's people who seem to be in happy relationships like it, like publicly and they could still be like in your dms or in your in your text message oh i can you. tell you stories so and i think <laughs> yeah. and i'm and i'm not saying that to be like oh it's just guys that do this girls do this too and so i think it's easy for people to replace people in a sense people who are constantly looking for validation elsewhere yeah that could be a, like a higher sign of narcissism what are like the, the signs of like a dangerous, like high spectrum narcissist? Because I oh, know I like have. a dangerous high spectrum narcissist is somebody who like you tell them something and they tell you it didn't happen or, you know, something they're denying, like what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Um, things like that are really, really, really big red flags. If somebody calls you crazy. And like, of course, you have to look at the individual you're dealing with, because not everybody's that evolved to come up with better words than crazy. You know what I mean? Or how to handle things like that. Because I understand that at times women can come across, everybody can come across as a little, yeah. a little cuckoo, especially if our emotions are very, you know, invested or our feelings are hurt. But it's very important to see like, are you being listened to and spoken to? Or are you just being like shut down and completely denied of what you are? Yeah. You no, know, like if your friend came to you and showed you what you know. Or like explain to it, you would be like, oh yeah, girl, like obviously, you know what I mean? So yeah. and, if and somebody is suddenly like, they talk to you with logic and then when you have something and they're acting like you have no logic all of a sudden, huge red flag. That's an emotional abuser, whether they're aware of it or not. Because again, sometimes some people could be really abusive and not even, not even be aware of exactly what they're doing. I went through it and I have to tell you, healing from a narcissistic relationship is a lot harder than healing from a regular breakup. Well, yes, because a narcissistic relationship will tend to bruise your ego a lot more than a regular, like, just they make falling you out. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, bruises, it bruises your ego more because that's just kind of what the buttons they know to press are. So it, it messes with your ego more and, and it's much easier to heal a broken heart than it is to heal your ego. Like a broken ego. Ooh, that takes time. Ooh, ooh that takes that. time. I love that. That's, I love that. I want to, I want you to say it again. A broken, a broken heart is much easier to fix than a broken ego. Like you can that. heal a broken heart so much faster than you can heal a broken ego. A broken ego, that shit stays with you for a very long time. Because yeah. it's usually, it's like when your ego's bruised, it's usually a button that's existed from like really, really early on in life. A broken heart, I mean, that could just be anything. Like, you know, you could have like, uh, you know, something happen. Like you, you lose someone in your life and you're just like, oh, you know, like I'm upset. You're, you're broken hearted about it. You're going to move on. But like an ego, it's, it's almost like, you know, when your ego gets bruised, it's basically like you're almost being revalidated about something that you've been hoping wasn't true or something that's been bothering you from maybe when you were much younger. So it's a, it's a deeper, deeper wound because yeah. it existed before that person ever even showed up. It's just, they press the buttons. They press the experience. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I love that you said that because that made me understand why it was so hard for me to overcome and get over that person because they, they, they found a lot of my triggers. They bruised my ego. And yeah, I Yeah, and it changes. It, it, it yeah. shakes up your, your identity. And when you feel like you don't know who the hell you are anymore, that's a very, you know, it's a very, very, very difficult place to be in. And it's a very difficult place to get out of. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to just move away from the relationships for a moment. And I want to congratulate you on your new ebook manifest destiny. Thank you. Which I just began reading. Um, so I'm, I'm still reading. I'm I'm in the beginning stages, but I know you're into manifestation. Obviously Mm -hmm. you wrote this amazing book, but I want to ask you, what are some of your top manifesting hacks and like, are there any certain things that you noticed are working for you more than others? Um, well, I think for the most part, it's really like the first step. And this sounds like the most obvious thing because so many people will be like, well, I know what I want, but really truly clarity is the most important thing. Like you need to have a target. If you don't have a target, you don't even know where the hell you're heading, you know? And a lot of people will say, well, I know that I want this and I want that. But at the same time, if you really pay attention to the way they think they're, they're still kind of, and we see it, we could probably see it in ourselves where we're kind of like shifting what we want constantly. Like we're like, let's say this is an example. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I want a million dollars. But then you'll see them be like, yeah, but you know, $10,000 would be nice. Or, you know, maybe like if I got like $500 today or, you know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll change and bounce yeah. around and they're kind of like micromanaging. And it's like, so which, what's your actual target? And you can actually, like, you can absolutely have like two targets, like one that's like a more longer term and one that's a more, short term, but you still want to be really clear on what exactly it is that you want. And obviously like there is that other element where it's not just about being clear. Cause let's say somebody's like, okay, I've made up my mind. I want a million dollars. It's like, okay. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it also then goes into, you know, beliefs. Like, do you believe it's possible for you to have that? What would be a believable amount of time Um, because I mean, it's the reason, like everything is a manifestation Yes. because everything that we uh, are getting and attracting into our lives is always, it's always responding to who we are. It's automatic. So when people say, oh, I'm going to manifest this thing or manifest that thing, it's like, well, you've already manifested whatever you have or don't have right now. So it's really the same process. Yeah. Everything. everything. So yeah. So like in that sense, like, let's say we were to talk about like, let's say, somebody who's really successful. Let's say Oprah. I always go for Oprah. So like Oprah, like let's say she makes a million dollars tomorrow on something. I mean, she manifested that. And for her, it might've been easier because, well, for her, it's in her realm of what's normal for her. Like she fully embodies that. So it's easy for her to get that. So if she woke up today and she's like, she probably already freaking manifested a million dollars, but I know um, <laughs> just, just like this past minute recording. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's so like, that's just, it's become so much of who she, she, who she is and who she's become. And, and she's attracted everything that she needed to have happen in her life and who she needed to become in order to have that be supported in her realm of possibility. So I'm going to try to say this kind of simply because I feel like I'm confusing people a little bit, but um, when you, let's say you make, uh, you, you've come up with exactly what it is that you want. And let's say right now that thing is not exactly, it doesn't seem very possible for you, right? Like, let's say you want to manifest a million dollars, but you're like, yeah, I don't know if that's exactly possible for me. Like it could happen. I don't really know how, but like, I don't know, like maybe it's possible. Not really. You don't need to have like complete faith. If you kind of just allow yourself to be open to the how, allow yourself to be open to being surprised and allow yourself to see how that could really be more normal for you, then whatever needs to take place in your life to make, to help you see how it's more possible for you and make you start believing it even further will happen. And then that will end up making you have a much easier time manifesting whatever it is that maybe seems like right now, currently kind of like out of reach, the things that need to happen to make it seem more in reach for you to convince you more and get your beliefs up more in order to bring that thing to you will also happen. So really all you need to do is just focus on 
what you want and be open to allowing the possibility of that being real for you to kind of unfold. Don't stress out too much. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. Like detaching is something people don't really talk about in manifestation. And I, I know you are familiar with Abraham Hicks because that's mm-hmm. the night we were making fun of the vortex, which I'll get into. <laughs> she says, you know, what you want lightly comes easily. And that's because, as you mentioned, if you, if you release the how, you just mm-hmm. kind of want it and you kind of align with it, it, you know, it comes to you. Yeah. I mean, like I've manifested things I've manifested things on accident more so because I wasn't as attached to them. Well, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into that. These are the questions. They're so good. (laughs) Like, I feel like I've manifested a lot of things on accident, like not really realizing what I was doing until afterwards. And I'm like, holy, holy crap. Like I was just thinking that like a while ago, or I was just actually like, I had like a weird thing. And it's like, you can manifest things on accident a little bit easier just because you're not so attached to whether or not they're going to happen, when they're going to happen, is it going to happen? Just kind of allow it. Um, That was actually the next question. It was, did you ever manifest something or someone (laughs) and realize the power you have and go kind of say like, eh, I'm going back to the drawing board. (laughs) So like, what was like the creepiest thing you manifested on accident? Oh man, like so many things. Like I remember a lot of things, like especially romantically, like there would be people who I would break up with or whatnot. And then like, I would kind of sort of get like a random idea to myself of like something that like I would kind of want them to say to me or like something would happen. And then I'd let it go, forget about it. And then like later on, like whether it was a few weeks later, a few months later or something, all of a sudden it happens and it sort of like lines up that they're telling me the things and like everything's kind of lining up exactly how I had it in my mind, which is very weird and bizarre. And if you tell people that out loud, as I am now, you're like, okay, this this girl crazy. No, it's happened. It happened. Like, I don't, I can't explain to you how exactly and why exactly and whatnot, because I don't know exactly how the universe works entirely. I'm not, you know, I'm not the almighty higher power, but you know, as far as I, I could tell, like, there's been weird things like that. Um, I remember, well, one of my favorite stories, and this is actually in Manifest Destiny as one of like the success stories that I'd had. But I remember when I was about 14, I, I really wanted to be a screenwriter and I was kind of like a sheltered kid and I like just a loner and just like a weird creative. And I always liked writing. Um, and so I was sitting there writing like screenplays and things and trying to think to myself in like my limited 14 year old mind of like, how am I going to get this screenplay, like, you know, made into like a movie or something. So I was sitting there and I'm going through like I'm finding production companies and things and like sending the off emails, my 14 year old self, like, what the hell was I doing that summer? I have no idea. This is what I was doing. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting a movie made like, duh, you know, whatever. So I was sending out all these emails, not knowing anything of what I was doing. And, you know, a lot of the responses were like, well, we don't accept unsolicited material and things like that which always boggled my mind. I was like, well, how are you supposed to get something? Like, how are you going to ask me if you don't even know who I am? Like, can you ask me now and solicit it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so weird to me. I still don't get it, but I especially didn't get it back then. But the one company that had gotten back to me was actually Drew Barrymore's company, Flower Films. And they were like, oh, send it along. This is this, have your agent send it out. And I was just like, my 14 year old self, I was just like, um, thank you for getting back to me, but I don't have an agent, you know, so I don't know what to do. Crickets. Um. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It was just like at that point, like I was just like, oh, Drew Barrymore is like a friend in my head now. And I just kind of had it in my mind where I was like, oh, I would love to meet Drew Barrymore someday. And it was kind of something that I joked about for like years. Like I would always say, like, I would always tell everybody the story. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to meet Drew Barrymore one day, you know, this and that. I, I think you've been a photo on your Instagram with her. Did you yes, talk story? Yes, I, of course I did. Of course I did. Probably scared the woman. But, um, well, I, here's what happened. So I had randomly, like, years later, like, we're talking over 10 years later plus, um, I remember, like, just a few weeks after having one of those conversations with a friend of mine at the time, I was at an event, and as I was leaving the event, she was entering, and I was already in my Uber driving away, and I was like, oh my God, was that like my, was that my chance to meet her? Crap, I just missed meeting, I was like, was that my manifestation? I was like, (laughs) and I was like, you know what? I was like, 
this wasn't the moment, but this is telling me that I'm close. Okay. I was like, this tells me that it's totally possible for me. I have to say, you are answering the questions before I ask them. I love it. It's just flowing. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I tell my friends all the time that I'm psychic and they say, you are psycho wrong, <laughs> but thank you. Um, but anyway, haters. Um, <laughs> so, so we, I thought that I, I'd missed my opportunity, but then I was like, you know what? Maybe this is telling me that it's actually really super possible for me. Apparently this is very possible for me. So I was like, it'll happen at some point. And I think it was about a year or two later, I ended up being invited to an event of hers and I didn't know she was going to be there. She was there. So I did meet her there, but we didn't get to talk very much. I did tell her the story. I'm pretty sure she thought I was bananas bonkers, but I was like, whatever. Um, but she was very, very nice, lovely. Um, this is all like, obviously in my neurotic head of like, she thinks I'm crazy, but I was like, manifested, so that's all that matters. Yeah. So I was like, well, I, yeah. So I was like, so my manifestation came to fruition. Like, obviously, like I met her. I did that. <laughs> Check. Yeah. I was like, I did that, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to meet her again. Oh. So, so then a few months after that, I was invited to a different event of hers you that she was again. hosting. <laughs> yes, she was hosting a like a private dinner, and I was invited. And I was like, well, here, this is my big chance. And we talked, I think, for like God knows how many hours. It was like I knew her my whole life. And you know what the funny thing was? She turned around and she told me, she's like, I feel like I've known you. And I was like, let's see. Because, hello, I've been manifesting you this whole time, lady. But, okay. like, I kind of set that into <laughs> the <laughs> So that was, yes, yeah, so we had a photo together and everything. And I tell all of my friends, I'm like, oh, my good friend Drew Barrymore. And they're like, when are you going to stop telling this story? Like, <laughs> but that's, yeah. no, that, that's, yeah. that's so powerful. So, it's, it's like one of the wildest, weirdest stories. And again, that probably happened because I really wasn't attached to it. It was just like something to silly. It. Yeah. it was something silly. And a lot of the times, those are the things that I kind of manifest the most easily and kind of even accidentally. It's like the stuff that's just like kind of, wouldn't it be funny or wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. Like it's all like planting seeds. Yeah. Yeah. And you just let it grow. Cause you're not, you're not checking it. You're not concerned. Like you let the seed do its thing. You don't even need to water it. Like people are like, you know, water the seed. Let's leave the seed alone <laughs> like just leave yeah. it alone let it like let nature take its course nature knows how to grow a tree nature can rain on its own you know it'll be fine you don't need to go you know water the seed make sure it's getting like you really don't need to like not all the time not every manifestation and now I want to get into the story of what happened with you and I that night because I felt like I felt very empowered when that happened for a few reasons. A, because I felt like I was in alignment with, you know, the podcast and my manifestations, but also because I felt like you're someone who has a lot of manifestation powers. Clearly, you know, you have success in, in your area and, you know, you're doing great for yourself. And Thank you. you and I were seriously joking about the vortex and manifestation. Yes. Now, to anyone listening, you need to understand this was literally like eight hours after this conversation where I walked out of the bathroom and Jessica's standing there. And I, I, I have to be honest, I felt like a stalker almost because I'm like, she will not understand. What I'm, I'm not kidding. When I saw you, I was like, this bitch is stalking me. I was like, <laughs> I was like how do I? And then, said, and then you start and you're like, you're like, I'm not stalking my promise. And I'm like, yeah, I was okay. like, and then, I was I, like but then I'm thinking in my head and I'm like, but I didn't post anything. I, didn't post anything. I literally had to ask myself, do I let her know I'm here or do I just keep walking? I was like, no, I'm like, this is like a moment where it's intense. And I was like, Jessica. And you looked at me and we just both were like, no, like it was like the only thing <laughs> it was, was so no. weird. It was so weird. It was so weird, but no, you weren't, you were not stalking me. I can yeah. like, like verify that because I didn't post anything about where I was or anything because I literally like I thought to myself oh, did I post something did she lie yeah, that was it no was, you weren't and, and for me it was like a powerful moment of like alignment and mm -hmm. close to the question that you kind of briefly said with your psychic abilities you know <laughs> my psycho abilities my friends would say <laughs> when we're trying to manifest you know do you think that the signs we get on our way to our manifestations um you know, are they like confirmations that our manifestations are coming? No, <laughs> they're, they're manifestations in and of themselves. Okay. Explain that to me. Cause I love that, but explain that. 
Well, a lot of the times people are looking for signs and like once you're starting to look for signs, you're doubting and you're focusing then on getting signs. So then you're going to get signs and you think your signs are linked to the thing that you're trying to manifest, but actually you're just looking for signs. So you're manifesting signs, but like it doesn't there, it doesn't, one thing doesn't necessarily have to do with the other. I love but, that. but it's not bad to have signs. It shows you like you you do have power to manifest things. Stop looking for signs. Stop manifesting signs because by looking for them, you're manifesting them. Just get back to what you're actually trying to manifest. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I like, think and trust that it's coming. Like you don't need to get signs. Believe me, sometimes you won't know your manifestation is coming until after it's already looking at you and like happened. And sometimes even then it might've even passed, happened, and you've even forgotten that that was your manifestation. So it, you don't really know it's coming until it's already, it's come and gone, you know? And you know, it's, it's important to know what the no's are because don't focus on what you don't want because then you're going to get that, but like focus on the opposite of what you don't want, which is what you actually want. So let's say you don't want somebody who's inconsistent. Don't focus on like, I don't want somebody who's inconsistent. Focus on somebody who is consistent. I don't want somebody who, you know, I want somebody who doesn't cheat. Just, I want somebody who's faithful, you know? Now with all this talk about manifestation and destiny, now what are your thoughts on destiny versus free will? I think, okay, destiny versus free will. I don't, I don't know how much I believe in like destiny in that like things are predestined. I feel like, well, they say that all of creation is already finished, which is like the wildest thing to really wrap your head around. It's like every possibility exists and things are happening simultaneously. Like this is some shit that'll literally like make you think you've lost your mind, gone off the deep end. But I don't know if like, if I think of it just like kind of in the most human able to wrap your head around it way is basically whatever you decide, you could pretty much have it. You know, if you decide something is your destiny, then you can have that. So like when people feel like they're predestined for things, I don't know how much I believe that, you know, I mean, look, I don't have all of the answers. That would be crazy for me to be like, this is how it is. And this is, you know, I, I don't really know. You know, there's things I don't really know, but I don't know if I believe that there's necessarily things that are set in stone. I think it's, it, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it depends. So then what are your thoughts on like psychics and like, have you ever been to a psychic? I feel like I have been to psychics. I don't know how accurate I would say that they are. I feel like psychics, the future is always in flux. Okay. I have a lot to say actually about psychics. I feel like the future is always in flux. And in that way, like I feel like a psychic, even let's say you have a really great psychic. I think for the most part, they're, they're able to tell you what you're manifesting from where you currently are right now in your life. But let's say you were to, you know, revisit the same psychic in, I don't know, a few months from now, maybe a few years from now, and they tell you something completely different. It doesn't mean that they necessarily would be making it up. It could be that just you've shifted in who you are being and you are, because of that, you're, you're attracting a different kind of future reality for yourself. So I feel like they're really just able to tell you what you're manifesting from where you currently are. I don't think they can necessarily tell you without a shadow of a doubt exactly what's going to happen um, if you start changing what you want to happen. I feel like you have a way, way, way more control over where your life is heading. And I'm going to say this, and some people aren't going to like it, but oh well. Um, so <laughs> my thing is, is I, it depends on what... It, it's really important to understand why you might be going to a psychic. It's the same reason why I tell people who are into manifesting and who understand how manifesting works and that it's a constant thing. The worst thing you could probably do for yourself is start going to psychics and consulting tarot cards and all these things, because it's, it's actually showing you like it's that in, in and of itself is a red flag. Yes. You know, if you are looking for answers, you got your answer. Yeah. Okay. Like, especially like, what do, like, let's be very honest. What do most people tend to go to a psychic for? Because they want to know, you know, what Tom, Dick or Harry's doing if they're in love with them. It's like, bitch, if you need to go to a psychic, That's your answer. <laughs> uh, I could tell you, uh, probably not that into you. Okay. Probably yeah. not, not your knight in shine, shining armor, at least maybe not right now, you know? So, you know, maybe find something else to do. I think, I think, you know, a lot of the times when people consult psychics, it's unfortunately from a very kind of, uh, I think a fragile sort of emotional state. And I remember there was a friend of mine that I had had back in the day, the girl was 
nice girl, well-meaning, sort of, I guess. Girl was cuckoo, kachu. And she was going to psychic after psychic after psychic. And like, see, she had recommended that I go see the psychic. It was like literally something out of a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> anyway, it was like some weird. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, like she told me I had a curse on me. I was like, sure. She's like a hundred dollars to take it off. I was like, small price for my future. Fine. So she, <laughs> she lies me down. She puts a black sheet over me. Oh my! God. I don't even know what the hell's going on in this woman's <laughs> like kitchen in Ridgewood. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And she's shaking some pan over my head. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I was like, this is, I'm like, this is strange, whatever. So anyway, so my, this was who my friend recommended that I go that's to. That's crazy. Anyway, I went, I was like, so that's about that. I've gotten my entertainment. You know, that was like my Disneyland, I guess my Disneyland experience. I'm done with this Hogwarts life. I'm going to go back to my normal, regularly scheduled routine. So anyway, I meet up with my friend again and all of a sudden she's telling me, she's like, so this psychic told me this and then the psychic told me that. And then she's got like a whole like notebook going and like a whole, you know, she's practically got an spreadsheet of like every, every psychic in the tri-state area and like what they told her and whatnot. And I'm like, I think you have a problem. <laughs> like comparing notes. <laughs> I was like, I think you have a problem. Like clearly something's really not working out. I don't know if you need a psychic to tell you at this point, but like. Or a psychiatrist. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Maybe you're in the wrong psych. Yeah, I was like, no, no, yeah, you you misspelled something, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's that damn autocorrect. Um, <laughs> it's not. So, yeah. So, and I was just like, you know, this is a sign of a bigger issue. So, like, when people get obsessed with going to psychics, I mean, that's 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 a symptom of a larger issue. Yeah. You pretty much like, if you've gotta ask, there's your answer. Pretty much. Now, if you're looking for, you can always like, you can get answers from the universe or whatever you want to call it you can get access to those same answers you know if you're like what should i do what would be, be what would be better for me you're gonna know and typically when you ask a question when you really like get clear on your question and what it is you want you're going to get your answer and it's not going to be like oh was that it was that my answer i don't know no, like you will know like the answer will come and it will be without a shadow of a doubt you will know so you you're always able to ask you have a direct link to all the higher powers that exist and when you ask your question you will get your answer and you will know because you will know you will know you will know like it will be something that you cannot deny if you can deny it it's not the sign you'll know you will know without a shadow of a doubt you will know and you'll and you'll tell yourself like that voice will go out and off in your head that will be like yeah this was it sweetheart okay I'm loving this episode so far. <laughs> Thank you. I'm. St I was super nervous talking about my favorite subject myself. Jeez, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let me ask you another question. Okay. Do you think <laughs> we can manifest specific people? And hundred percent, yes. Well, my answer is my answer is yes. But like at the same time, like look, people always want to know, like, can you manifest a specific person? Should you manifest a specific person? Listen, you. you everybody that comes into your life, you've manifested them. Yes. Okay. You want to manifest a cup of coffee. Uh, yeah, there's going to be people involved in having to give you that cup of coffee. Um, we're all connected. It's like, but like, do you, should you go after trying to manifest a specific person? That's, that's tricky. Not in the, in the way that people might think of like, oh, it's manipulation. There's no such thing as manipulation. It's all influence and everybody's influence, whether you are intending to influence or not, you are. But the thing is, um, if you are the, the problem that people run into is if you are trying to manifest a specific person, typically that comes from a very like, sometimes it comes from a very unhealthy place and it's not exactly good for you. And it's not that it's not good for you in the reasons you might think of like, oh, the other person you're manipulating or, you know, micromanaging a situation like, yeah, that's not really it. The thing is, is it's, it's going to be much more difficult for you because you're coming from such a place of lack and such a place of need. Typically you're, it's like, for example, everybody, most people have experienced this where like, let's say you can be so into somebody, right? Like you're crazy about them. They won't give you the time of the day, right? Like things just will not work out. Whether you push, whether you pull, not happening, right? So you leave the situation, time goes on, whether it's weeks, whether it's months, whether it's years, all of a sudden, things happen and this person that you wanted so badly that 
wasn't really giving you the what, what you wanted, all of a sudden now wants to do like literally everything for you. Why? Well, you manifested that. But now you're in a place where you're so detached from it and that's how they come in and they're more drawn to you. That, that happened to me. Like yeah, it happens to everybody. It, see, that's why like when people say like when it comes to manifestation, it's like these things are very normal. Like people have manifestation as if it's like some kind of like big woo woo thing. It's all, it's all normal. It's yeah. just, that's, it just, it's always working and you're manifesting basically everything that's happening to you. So is it possible to manifest a specific person? hundred percent. I mean, look at even when we met, you manifested me like, hello. <laughs> I like, did. <laughs> we manifested yeah. each other. We manifested each other and, and that happened. So you can, it's just typically the reasoning that's behind that is usually unhealthy. And that's why it's like, not so recommended. Instead, it's best to work on yourself and get clear about exactly what you want. Don't be too attached to like it having to come out in this exact way. Cause like at the same time, it's like, why does it have to be this person? We all think everybody's so damn special until like we get over them. Or then you get the person you've always wanted. You don't want them. Like that, that, that yeah. was my thing. Like in the past, like four years ago, I, I was like, you know, I had like deep feelings. I don't want to say I was in love. You know, it's an unhealthy way of wanting to conquer a person for you. ego. Yes. My ego wanted to conquer him because he was super busy and I was really, I, I really manifested him. Like I was, and I felt the emotion behind being with him. And I even felt him telling me he loves me. Mm-hmm. And which he did. He did everything I manifested, but he- I've had similar situations, girl. <laughs> But then recently, like two months ago, he came back into my life completely out of like the blue. And I'm, you know, I have feelings for someone else right now. So I had to explain to him, like, I don't have those feelings anymore. And he was so heartbroken. And I felt like, did I manifest this heartbreak? Like, it was, it was painful because I did manifest everything that he came back years later to tell me. But I was like, no, I'm not there anymore. I'm in a healthier place. I am focused more on myself. And now that I am focused more on myself, I see my ego wanted to conquer you. Not so much. You were the best thing for me. Well, that's the thing. It's typically when people want to manifest a specific person, it does come from ego because like from a pure place, from a loving place, if it was for love, like, what do you care where the love is coming from? Whether it comes from this person or another person or somebody better or this and that you wouldn't care because you would be focused on the love. But when it comes to your ego, your ego is like, no, it has to be this specific person and they have to prove to me this and that so that now I could feel good about myself. Like that's what ego will tell you because ego is constantly looking for evidence like from the outside to prove to you who you are. From a more pure place, from a more loving place, it's like you already know who the hell you are. You don't need to have the outside stuff you know, validate that or not for you. And typically when you come from that place, the outside stuff does validate those things for you. Sometimes when we want, like, when you're looking for somebody else to do something for you, it's almost like you're hoping that they do something for you so that you don't have to do that thing for yourself. It's like, you're looking for them to like rescue you from something. Meanwhile, if you just deal with things on your own, you realize you don't need anybody. You could just, you you know, the right people will come. The right people will come. Yeah, that that's that's you know manifestation and alignment and. Mm-hmm. I think whatever helps you feel, you know, happy to wake up in the morning and get out of bed and whatever lights you up and whatever makes you, you know, feel good. Like that's what you should be doing. That's what your purpose is. Like, and you could change your purpose at any point. Like, you know, if there's a point in your life where you're like, I want to help, you know, people do this, then that's your purpose. If you, you know, eventually at some point decide you know, I want to go help animals or something, or I want to do this thing, or I just want to enjoy myself, or I just want, like, whatever you want, like, it's whatever you want. I think people really overthink, like, what's the meaning of life? I mean, it's whatever you want to do with it, whatever you want to make of it. It's not, it's deep, but it's not that, you know, it's not that set in stone. You have room to wiggle. Yeah, you you have the power to be whatever you want to be. Yeah, I think that's what the meaning is. I don't think it's like anything that I think we get like so kind of like wrapped up. We wait for something really profound, but it's honestly, it's whatever you want to do with it. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for doing this with me. Can you tell everyone your social media, your YouTube, where they can find you? 
Well, you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Harlow, and you can also find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Miss Jessica Harlow. Basically, everything is on my Instagram, my YouTube. Yes, and definitely check her out if you haven't already. I'm sure a lot of you have because she's super, super amazing. She has a weekly podcast as well, and you guys are going to love it. Thank you so, so much, Jessica, for doing this with me. It means a lot that I manifested this into reality. Thank you so much. I had such a good time.